0: Time Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul and Justin Baker, my co-host, joining us via Skype. Justin, how's it going?
1: I can't complain, Mark. I uh, just got done shoveling some snow. So uh, for those who who don't know, we just got, I think, maybe like three to five inches, something like that here in Michigan. Yeah,
0: a nice, a nice little dusting. I just had surgery yesterday and to remove all the, the plates and pins and screws and whatever else was in my hand, you know, maybe they left some know personal items inside my hand i'd have no idea <laughs> uh, a cell phone or something and uh yeah no so i i have at least that built-in i oh, sorry i can't shovel right now because of my wrist so that <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, comes at a bad time um and then we found out that uh i actually threw away our shovel because oh. it had broken so and that, that was i think i was supposed to buy a new shovel and i didn't so so yeah so i'm, I'm hoping for a nice neighbor Just an angel, a snow angel, to come in and just blow my driveway off. Anyways, uh, on today's show, we are going to talk about some surprises so far this season. We've uh, we've gone through a lot of lists of more general things. Uh, where we, you know, we've listed the worst depth at every position recently, and we, we've done lists like that. We wanted to get into the season itself a little more, and uh, we felt this was a great way to do it by talking about some of the surprises, surprising players, teams, and news, whatever else, whatever comes to our minds. Uh, we did these lists individually, and now we'll come together and uh, kind of throw them at you. Uh, Justin, how did you... How did you organize these? You know, once you have maybe your top ten or fifteen, how did you drop them into the order that they're in?
1: Yeah. So for me, Mark, what I, I basically did is I put my list together. Um, well, I, not together, but through all my names, my players, my teams, whatever it was that was surprising to me, threw them down and really just um, looked at them and said, you know what? Uh, this was the biggest shocker to me, right? So I, I basically started from one and went worked my way back down to ten. Looked at the list and then kind of compared and went back up the list and said, well, no, this one should – it was definitely more of a surprise and kind of went back that way. So, uh, yeah, just sort of just winged it, I guess you could could almost call it. All right.
0: Yeah, I I did include a little bit, uh, particularly on a couple of them, thinking, wow, this doesn't really happen. And so when it comes to something that's surprising beyond just the season, like let's let's be honest, you know, a team can be struggling – but every year there's a team that we thought was going to be good that ends up not being that great. Exactly. And that's yep. It's it's surprising in the individual team, but it's not surprising that it happened, whereas for me, especially my my number one, is a very surprising, like, this hasn't happened in years type of thing. And so uh, that's kind of how I organized mine. But uh, on that note, why don't we just get it started? Let's start at number 10, and uh, we'll just move up through the list. Why don't you give us your number 10, Justin?
1: Yeah, number 10 for me actually just occurred last night and uh, something that maybe um, kind of also relates to an, another entry on my list later on down the road, but the New York Islanders, right? Big surprise at this point in the season or any point in the season, I would never have pegged them to be number one in the Metro Division.
0: Yeah, uh, I I would agree. I, I definitely have this on my list. I have it up considerably higher because... Uh, <laughs> I think we all thought this team was a borderline bubble playoff team at best, and that's at best. So uh, they, they definitely are surprising people there. Um, my number 10, similar ilk, uh, the Vancouver Canucks have been a surprise to me. I thought that they would be, once again, like they, they've actually been, if you go back the last three seasons and combine them, uh, they've been, I think, the worst team in the National Hockey League, if you combine them all. So uh, it's surprising to me seeing them sitting in a playoff spot. Granted, you know, there's there's games in hand and all those things. But uh, they have won the games to put themselves in a position where, hey, we're almost at the 50-game mark, and this team is it has a legitimate shot at the playoffs. And so I, I don't think that's a, a place that many people expected Vancouver to be in. I think maybe we thought, you know, first 10, 15 games, eh, maybe they'll surprise people, which they did. But they've actually managed to pull themselves together once again and put together some nice stretches of games, and here they are sitting in the playoffs in a, in a pretty front-loaded Western Conference, we'll say. Yes. <laughs> it's, uh, it's certainly the top teams and then everyone else. so uh, Okay, let's
1: hear your number nine. Number nine, Uh, speaking of Western Conference, uh, one of the top-loaded teams acquired a gentleman by the name of Eric Carlson, and for me, this surprise is sort of twofold. One, um, did not see the trade coming as soon as it did this season, Uh, but then two, the, the other surprise for me is the fact that he did not come out of the gate firing, because um, you know, for a guy moving from a team that was going to be at the bottom of the basement to a team loaded with talent up front, which he hasn't had in a long time, uh, I fully expected him to come out of the gates just l- racking up points. And it did not happen. Granted, he is starting to come around. You know, he's, he's got his mojo going. And, uh, you know, I think he even had a stretch of 13 or 14 games where he was putting up an assist every game. But, you know, at the beginning of the season, for me, that was a huge surprise that he, he is not, like, at the top of the scoring race right now.
0: Yeah, it certainly took him a little bit of time to get going, but I think now you're seeing what it looks like to have both Brent Burns. I think Brent Burns and him combined have what like 95 points. Yes. <laughs> so, uh definitely not struggling in any way from the from the back end there for San Jose. Uh I I'll stay stay in the Western Conference as well. Uh the St. Louis Blues have made their team worse by accident. <laughs> that is a That is shocking that a team would go out and go, you know what? We feel, I mean, last year they missed the playoffs by a game. You know, they lost that final game of the season to the Colorado Avalanche and and found their way out of the playoffs. And I think that they looked at their team and thought, we're a playoff team. We just need to add some pieces, add some depth. And they went out and did just that. They didn't change anything on 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 the back end, really, which the back end is their strength. They only added some solid depth forwards they you know they brought in ryan o'reilly who has played very well for them he's averaging a point per game i think that uh you've got to be pleased with that and despite all those things tarasenko is having maybe his worst season of his career and their goaltending is even worse than we thought it was Uh, so yeah i mean this this team went out to make themselves better they spent money to make themselves better and they actually made themselves worse
1: yeah and, and that
0: is shocking that doesn't happen yeah. that often
1: no and and thank goodness like we talked about uh you know that that second tier of teams in the west because they're still you know they they get a couple wins in a row here and they're right back in the playoff bubble so
0: yeah absolutely i mean they've got f- f- three games in hand on vancouver and five games back, so there there's a shot, is a legitimate shot that St. Louis could could jump the five teams in front of them, but that is a tough task, especially since they just can't get good goaltending. Yeah, I'm, I mean, you know, a- Anaheim is a team that struggles to score, but they're getting great goaltending, and it just it's it's like you you can figure out a way to make the playoffs with just great goaltending. It is very hard to make the playoffs with everything else and bad goaltending. All right. Ask the Carolina Hurricanes; they'll tell you. <laughs> uh, let's go to. Uh, I'll throw out my number eight. Uh, right. My number Give eight them. is a point of frustration. As I, you know, I, I I watch lots of lots of different games. I'll switch between different broadcasters, and it still blows my mind that even with all the the information now that we have with you know advanced statistics, so we you know, we have our possession numbers and and player usage, and we have all these things. And I understand that on a on a casual broadcast, you don't necessarily want to be throwing out super super in depth stats yet because people aren't used to them. Although they do it in baseball, they do it in soccer, they do it in football, and people—what do you know—they actually are smart and they can figure it out. It's it's crazy. Uh, for some reason, hockey broadcasts have decided that people are morons and they need special, simple numbers like goals and assists. Uh, but it does shock me. My number eight is that plus minus is still the most talked about advanced stat that you will hear. Interesting. That somehow it's just, oh, well, look at him. You know, he's a minus 10. It's like, that. It, like, it really doesn't tell you much. It maybe tells you that his team is bad, which, okay, yep. I mean, you go and you, you look up and down the The statistics, and you look at players, even players with a lot of points, when they have a a bad plus minus, it's usually because their team's bad, and uh, so it's it's just it's such a a minuscule little useless stat that you know has just been proven to show that it's it's not really that useful when trying to paint a a good picture of a team, uh, other than. Or a good picture of that player, other than you know his team's bad. Like Patrick Kane, he's a minus nine. He's the only player in the in the top sixteen of of guys who is a, a minus. Steven Stamkos is on the best freaking team in the league, and he's a minus two. <laughs> I mean, but obviously Stamkos is bad. You know, he doesn't play any defense. He he doesn't no no, no he plays terrible defense. No, that's and, and so it just it blows my mind that we still go to that stat like it's goals assists points plus minus oh oh and penalty minutes (laughs) (laughs) so we're trapped in the we're still trapped in the 80s for some reason I have no idea why
1: hey let's bring back the glow pucks next
0: oh please 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 please
1: okay (laughs) what is your number eight number eight so for me uh which would have been a perfect segue segue, but you jumped right in and a very passionate uh plus minus talk by the way uh (laughs) (laughs)
0: Sorry to ruin the segue. No,
1: no. (laughs) So, goaltending, right? For me, it's at number eight, it's the backup goaltending in Las Vegas, or the lack thereof, because this is a team last year that basically got by in the regular season because of their backup goaltending, and is now relying so heavily on Marc-Andre Fleury because their backup goaltending is that bad that they... They can't get anything from Malcolm Subban. So uh, for me, that's that's my number eight right now, how shocking it is that nobody wants to play backup goal, goalie there.
0: Oh, what a different world it would have been if the Pittsburgh Penguins decided to let Matt Murray walk. Oh, boy. Instead of Marc-Andre Fleury. Crazy to think about. Uh, what's your number seven? Uh,
1: number seven, switching gears. I'm just kidding. I'm still in the West here. Uh, I got a bone to pick with the Western Conference. But number seven, the Calgary Flames, just shocking that uh, out of all the teams in the NHL, they are the second highest scoring team right now. I figured uh, it would have been Toronto, Tampa all the way to the finish line. Right now, Calgary seems to be be neck and neck, just a few goals behind Tampa right now.
0: Yeah, I'll say it this way. They get to play a lot of bad teams on a regular basis.
1: Well, that
0: is true. (laughs) Uh, but no, I mean they they definitely have figured out their depth problem. We'll, we'll say that. And yeah. and by that I mean they just play Johnny Goudreau even more.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I will say Elias Lindholm was a great addition uh to make this 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 off season here and uh tip my cap to to Bill Peters for coming in and and making the best of a situation where I thought they would be nothing but a bubble team.
0: All right. Uh my number 7 involves uh, Alberta as well but this is going to the Oilers. Uh my number 7 is that after all the Oilers have been through the last we'll say in uh, what was it 2006 that they made the Stanley Cup finals, right? Since oh, then yeah. they have been a brutal franchise. I just like I feel bad for every Oilers fan. They've made bad decision after bad decision. And after all that, here we sit in 2019. The Edmonton Oilers are still the most inept franchise in the National Hockey League. Yes, they are more inept than the Ottawa Senators, than the Arizona Coyotes. They, they have the worst top-to-bottom management team in the National Hockey League right now. They, they're desperate for, for the playoffs right now. They have no idea where they're going because it seems like their plan is three months at a time. And it, you know you can knock the Ottawa Senators, but they are they they at least seem like they have somewhat of a plan. Even the, even if that plan has gotten railroaded, they 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 at least you know you know all right they're trying to kind of be be bad right now, but uh, they're going to move players and and I, I think that they have a little bit of a plan. Uh, but they also everyone knows that their owner is nuts and they don't even have a building. <laughs> And so they're kind of all over the place. We, we kind of excuse them a little bit. And it's also, they made the, the conference finals two years ago. I mean, this team isn't a team that's been bad for almost 15 years. Uh, Arizona Coyotes, they, you know, we can look at them and say they're inept, but they, half the time they've been run by the league. So it's just, what are you going to do there? But the Oilers have had steady ownership. They've got their new building. They have the best player in the National Hockey League, and they still are desperate to just trade for anything to get them over the hump just to get into the playoffs, only to lose to, what, Nashville, Winnipeg, Colorado, Calgary, whoever, whoever you want to pick there. Uh, so that's my – I'm just shocked that this team is still – playing for the immediate right now
1: yeah and what's even more shocking is the fact that they've they've sort of handicapped themselves for the next couple years too where they can't make any big splashes just because of what they've done to their salary cap
0: yep the Oilers are in trouble
1: yeah a little bit okay let's go year number six number six uh, a team that I picked to be number one in their division this year that has, completely fallen to the bottom of the East. That is the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, boy, oh boy, you want to talk about management issues as well. They got rid of their GM. It's 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 a hot mess in Philly right now. Guys are way underperforming. They can't seem to – they're like the the Oilers in, in terms of, like, the last 15 years they haven't been able to find a decent goaltender. And yeah, but they've been they, to the
0: Stanley they, Cup Finals in 2010. Right. And they've at least made the playoffs, <laughs> Right, well, that, <laughs> like every true. other year.
1: Yeah, they had Michael Leighton and carry them the playoffs, who, by the way, I believe, uh, just got signed by – oh, boy, I can't remember the franchise that just signed him, too. But basically, uh, he's still he's still playing in the, the AHL here and potentially NHL. But anyways, yeah, the Flyers, man, they uh, they they can't seem to get it together long enough to, uh, to be good and, and to make a run because they – I mean, you know, you look back, I think it was, what, Two thousand seven ish. That time when you had Claude Giroux and and Sidney Crosby going head to head, and we thought this was going to be great rivalry for years to come, and it's it's been all Crosby.
0: Yep, uh, I will say, I, I, Chuck Fletcher, their general manager. I think he said it best when he said, "We have good players, but we don't have a good team," and that you know that maybe shows how this team is built. Yeah, uh, that and there's a problem I, with it.
1: I truly think that uh, Chuck Fletcher will make some, some big moves this offseason, which I, I'm more than happy to see for this franchise. So hopefully he does go out and get rid of a couple, I don't want to call them pieces of dead weight, but essentially that's what they are.
0: Yeah, we'll see what happens with Wayne Simmons. I, yes. I think that he, he won't be back. I, I think, honestly, that, it would be, that it's in their best interest to get rid of him because I think that long term he is the next David Backus. All right. You signed him to a six-year deal, and pretty quickly, I think you're going to find that uh, that he's not as effective as he was three years ago. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, my number six is this little stat line. So since 2014-15, uh, of the top 20 goals per game leaders, 15 of them come from this season. Wow, wow. that is just. Just goes to show you, I don't know the gluttony of talent that we all of a sudden have infused into the league, but also the fact that goal scoring is going up, and the changes that the league has made with goaltender equipment and and, and the like uh, that that has made a difference, and it's made the game better. I mean, when you have fifteen of the top twenty goal like best goal seasons in the same year of the last five years, five seasons, that's that's impressive. So we'll see if that, you know, that number may fall slightly by the end of the year, but I mean, you're looking what, maybe twelve, twelve of the top twenty by the end of the year, which is is still very impressive. So Yeah. Uh, goal scoring's up and it's a beautiful thing.
1: Yeah, one of my uh favorite changes that the NHL made to really, you know, pick up the goal scoring was make the sh- the net shorter, create more space behind the net. And I've I've loved it. It's it's created a lot of plays down low, which have produced a lot of cool yep. goals.
0: Yep, absolutely. Yeah, uh, let's go. Your number five,
1: uh, number five. Uh, uh, quite a quite a nice surprise here. But uh, Jonathan Taves is my number five. A guy who, you know, after bringing in Brandon Saad, looked like up. Oh, well, he's not getting it back, and neither is Brandon Saad. But this season, he's come out forty-two points, forty-nine games right now, and uh, he's still winning draws like he always does, and he's he's looking pretty good. And the the better the best part about it is he's not. It's not necessarily getting points because of the power play either. He's doing it five on five.
0: Yeah, Kane Taves. And to bring it, they all look good, and that's about it for the Chicago Blackhawks. That's uh, <laughs> yep. that's why they're last place. In, are they last place in the league or just in the, in the no, West? No, I
1: believe they are in the league.
0: Yeah, in the league. My goodness. Even worse than L.A. My God. L.A. Yeah. is so bad, and they still keep chugging along. Uh, okay, my number five is uh, is the Montreal Canadiens being in a playoff spot, but not just the fact that they're in the playoffs it's the fact that they're doing it with the league worst, 12.7% on the power play and 18th ranked sub 80% on the penalty kill. Wow. Uh, nor most, uh, there's actually only one other team that comes close to them for their special teams percentages combining. And, uh, surprisingly that's actually the Nashville predators. Uh, they have an equally bad power play and just a, a subpar, uh, penalty kill as well. So, uh, but just, if, I mean, this Montreal team, usually, you know, you, you go, okay, this team's not going to be very good. You look at them. And then maybe the reason that they're surprisingly they do really well is they get they have a really good power play. Like they find their niche somewhere or they get fantastic goaltending. And mm-hmm. while they've gotten pretty good goaltending and Carey Price is looking more and more like Carey Price every game, uh, I think he's been improving as the season goes along. Uh, to do this with such a bad power play is – is even more, uh, I guess, surprising.
1: Yeah, I would, I would agree with that.
0: Okay, well, let's hear your number four.
1: All right, number four is a guy who literally just left the NHL. Um, Patrick Berglund. To me, this was a guy when he got traded, part of that Ryan O'Reilly deal, moved to Buffalo. I figured, you know what, this is great for this guy. He's not going to be shelved behind, you know, uh, Tarasenko, Jaden Schwartz. He's going to get playing time. You know, maybe even with Jack Eichel and, uh, you know, Casey Middlestad even maybe on that second line. And then he goes out and he just completely underperforms, ends up not showing up for a road, uh, two road games, I believe it was. And next thing you know, Buffalo is terminating their contract. And he came out, I think it was yesterday, stating that he has lost the joy to play hockey.
0: Well, he's, I mean, he's suffering with depression. I think that after that article came out, it was pretty clear that he's, something's going on with him. Right. I think, uh, which yeah, which it, I would, is ir- it is ironic that, uh, you know, a, a player can if I mean, maybe he isn't struggling with mental illness, but it seems like he is. Usually people don't just go, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to give up my millions and just I'm not having fun anymore. I'm going to give up in the middle of the season, terminate my contract. Uh, that doesn't sound like something that even someone who isn't loving their job, you figure out something, you know, you play out the rest of the season what have you? But uh it is funny that, you know, you've got these players who are physically injured and their contracts are honored and even if they can't play, uh they're you know, they're honored, but then if a guy is mentally ill, the league can just terminate his contract and and say boo you and uh, even though the league is like Oh, uh, we're we're all about mental illness. Let's let's help people with mental illness. But then they let a guy's contract get terminated who is clearly struggling with depression. And, and I mean, I, I you know I don't know. why that's just the way that it appears to me. And it seems like there's a little bit of a double standard here. But
1: yeah, I mean, I, I can see your point on that one. But for me, I I don't think it is uh, a mental illness depression thing. I just honestly think maybe. You know, it's it's a little bit something more. Maybe he's just not having fun. Just like you know, Ryan O'Reilly into the year said, you know, it's just not a a, a winning environment here in Buffalo. And um, while I think things have probably turned around internally in that team, I think maybe just himself, he just he's just maybe just not having fun anymore. And instead of, um, you know, because when when you talk about depression and mental illness, I do think the league would like to make strides. And and no team wants to to put on a bad face when it comes to this. And so I, I do think if there was. You know any signs of depression, or you know he had any of these symptoms. You know he he probably does have help he could seek within the NHL or within Buffalo, for that matter. That could you know maybe put him on IR or something like that, and in, uh, in some capacity where they could work something like that out to keep him within the franchise.
0: Yeah, well, he says he doesn't regret it, and he's happier after he left. So uh, well, either go. way, good for you. And uh, you got to do what you uh, what you got to do. Uh, okay, my number four is. The Anaheim Ducks twelve game losing streak. Ooh, uh, I mean, it's not often that a team loses twelve games in a row, let alone a team that let let's I mean, you look at this, they are only one win out of the playoffs, and they're they're right back in the playoffs. So I mean, despite losing twelve games in a row, they still find themselves. In a, in a place to make the playoffs, uh, kind of reminiscent to the, the Flyers last year where they lost 10 in a row and then went on a tear. I don't know if Anaheim will go on a 12-game winning streak, uh, but just the fact that uh, a team that, well, I don't think we thought they were going to be that great this year, Anytime a, a team with their history over the last 10 years of being a very good franchise, you lose 12 games in a row, uh, with that goaltending and some of those higher end players on that team, it's it, that's
1: pretty surprising to me.
0: Yeah, I agree. All right, let's go to uh, your number
1: three, number Trace, uh, the Great Eight, Alex Ovechkin. To me, this is a guy who, right now, is for those who don't follow the NHL, is leading the league in scoring. Uh, still, still has it. I, I honestly was expecting him to slow down at some point i mean he is still tearing it up i i honestly can't figure it out how um because he definitely doesn't have the blazing speed of a Connor mcdavid or dylan larkin and um but he he goes out and does the same thing all all game long all night long and he is he's still killing it yep uh
0: my my pick for the maurice rocker shark trophy Yeah. there you go um my number three is uh, your number 10. So the New York Islanders, first place in the Metro, uh, is over all the things we've already talked about, is is insane to me. I just, I did not expect this team. Actually, I didn't even realize when they won last night. I was watching the game between them and the Washington Capitals, and I didn't realize, oh, that game puts them in first place. I, that's, <laughs> I guess, I, I just, it's hard for me to fathom that they were that close. To being in first place, Uh, and you know, it's just it's an impressive for what Barry Trotz has done. Uh, I think now, if this team finds its way into the playoffs, is there any way that he doesn't win Coach of the Year?
1: Oh, no doubt about it. It's it's his to lose at this point.
0: And I don't know if you uh, the game last night. You know, the Washington Capitals. It was the first time Trotz was back in Washington, and they did a little cup tribute to him. And I don't I don't know if you saw, but he. He turned to his players. Well, the cup tribute was on, and he said, "That's going to be us this year." I did not see that, and that is ballsy. Yes, uh, it and is. I love it. Like that's, and and I mean he's he's backing it up with the way his team's been playing and the way that he's been able to get these guys to play. Uh, I don't think we pick them for the Stanley Cup, but I mean this is this is a league where you know a, a team can come in and you play the right way. And you get great coaching, like the Vegas Golden Knights did last year. You can find yourself in the Stanley Cup Finals. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, let's go. Your number two, uh, number two for me, it's
1: the St. Louis Blues. Um, you you talked about it a little bit earlier, but adding on a guy like Ryan O'Reilly, point per game player, and all the additions and you know changes they made, and they're still just as terrible, even though. You think with all these additions and a point, you know, one game out of the playoffs last year, they would have they would have been better, but they they can't get it together. I don't know what it is. And if there's any team to me right now that I think can go out, make a change in net, you know, maybe make a quick trade to to put an addition on here before the deadline, the Blues could do it and they could, you know, potentially find themselves a bubble team, but for right now it's still to me extremely disappointing.
0: What if the Blues went out traded for Bobrovsky just for the rest of this year as a rental? And Ooh. Bobrovsky goes and gets them into the playoffs. Would the Blues not be the scariest wild card team in the league <laughs> with him in there? <laughs> well,
1: I mean, you said it, and it, it always happens. There's one team that gets one goaltender that's super hot, and they can win a round or two because of it. And, I mean, Vegas was that team last year.
0: Yep, absolutely.
1: Okay, uh, my number
0: two is uh, – I'm going with the homer pick here, but I, I do think that this is – Incredibly surprising that William Nylander has as many points as Yaroslav Halak right now, <laughs> eighteen games into the season. Oh, uh, that hurts! One goal, two assists, uh, and it's it's not like he's come back and Babcock has given him nine minutes a game. You know he's playing his he's playing his normal minutes. He's played with Matthews. He's played with everybody imaginable outside of Tavares and Cadre. He's or uh, Tavares and Marner, he's been shifted all over the lineup. He's getting power play time. He, you know, it's it's crazy to me. I mean, even, even if he was just, you know, okay, right now he's got eight points in 18 games. You go, okay, well, he just needs a little bit of time. But, th- like, one goal in 18 games for a guy who, you know, just signed this huge contract is just – it's, it's crazy. And I know he said today, I think he came out and said, you know, it's in my head. I'm really having a hard time with it. Like, this is the worst slump of my career. And I I really think it goes to show you, I, I don't even think that it's a, a training camp thing. Because there's guys that miss training camp. There's guys that, that get injured and they come back. And they are they they pick up right where they left off. And uh, so I, I, I don't know what his off season training looks like. But maybe it needs to change. Oh, or maybe he got too used to playing with some rinky dink team in Sweden and uh now he's coming <laughs> back and, and he just Yeah, is is having a hard time adapting. i I'm, I'm not sure. I or maybe the pressure of the money is getting to him. I I'm, I'm really not sure, but I, I've gotta think that uh they can't trade him.
1: No. No.
0: And so you just have to kinda of ride the wave. I mean my, uh, you know, I've I've heard. Oh, they should just healthy scratch him. Well, if they healthy scratch him, then how is he gonna? He's not going to get any better if he's healthy scratched. And I mean, you can't do. You know, some people have thrown around. Oh, you could send him for like a an assignment to the AHL. You can do a thing where he doesn't have to go through waivers if it was something coming off of a of some sort of slump. You can, if he agrees to go, he can go for a certain amount of time. The Leafs did it to Bernier. Uh, several years ago, and I, I don't think that that's in the cards. You're not going to. I ask him to do that, so it's just it's a mess. Uh, along with him, other guys struggling, but William Nylander three points. That's sad and and shocking because I think around the league, people would say, "Yeah, I mean, this is a he's a sixty point player, easy."
1: Yeah, I would definitely agree with you, and that's why that is my number one pick.
0: All right. All right, look at that. Uh, Anything to add on what I said there?
1: (laughs) Uh, You know what? I've heard everything from, you know, it it has to do with his training. But, you know, if you really think about it, right, Marner and Tavares are playing so hot right now, you're obviously not going to split those two guys up. But I I do think, you know – I think at this point, maybe you do have to start thinking about decreasing his minutes a little bit, you know, maybe put him on that fourth line, give him 10 minutes a night and say, Hey, you know what? You're going to, you're going to ride these 10 minutes out until, you know, you get back to it till you show us a little bit, something that you're, you're ready to, to go out there and take it.
0: Yeah. You know? Give, give ice time to someone else who, I mean, there are a lot of guys who in 18 games can pick up more than three points in with the amount of ice time and with the amount of talent around them. Exactly. Uh my number one is uh, is this stat line. So right now, you have 42 players who are averaging a point per game or better. Uh, that is up from last year where there was 24 by the end of the year. Uh, the year before that, there was eight. In 2015-16, there was also eight. There was only four in 2014-15, and it is the most since 1995-96 when there was 44 players averaging a point per game. And wow. uh, and that year Mario Lemieux averaged 2.3 points a game. <laughs> so, uh that year was yeah, there was some some crazy scoring. That was kind of the last year of you know, guys just blow like 100 points was just no problem for a lot of guys uh then it started to to become much more defensive and uh that's, you know, you get into those trap years, but that was a crazy year, but I mean, we're seeing a year like '95, '96, um, and so that to me, it is shocking that goal scoring has gone up that much, and that high end players are—I uh, I just think they're taking, they're getting, getting better. I think we're in a place where we're where coaches are allowing their high end talent to do what they do. Uh, we're not over coaching. We're starting to pull the pendulum is starting to swing the other way. And so, and I think it's been great for the league.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. It's I mean, so fun to watch. What, oh, absolutely. I mean, what? I mean, what game wouldn't you love to to come in there and watch a, a seven to five game? You know, even last night I was watching Calgary and Detroit, and six to four was was exciting to watch. I yeah, mean, it granted, fun. you know, we lost, but it was still fun to watch.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I mean, you still get games like hey, the Islanders played the Capitals, and and they're you know that's that's a, a two goal game, two nothing, and it was. It, there wasn't a ton of offense because both teams were stifling each other, and I think you'll still get that. But you know, on on average, you're not you're not getting those really low scoring games. Um, teams have to play tremendous defense and get great goaltending to uh, to just totally shut down another team. So I think it's just it's adding an element to the game where even when your team's down by three or four goals, even I, I don't think you're completely out of it. Nope. And that's a good place to be. Well, hey, that's our uh, there's our top tens for the biggest surprises of the year. Uh, let us know if if we miss something. Uh, hit us up at OT Hockey Talk on Twitter, and uh, we'll we'll uh, throw it in in the next show. Justin, anything to say to uh, to these guys before we take
1: off? Uh, hope you're not getting snow like us.
0: Yeah, it's still snowing. It <laughs> I'm watching it out this window, and I'm just seeing snow. <laughs> more and more snow so yes good luck in the weather if, if you have some and uh, we will talk to you guys next week have a good one